Hey, everybody. Thank you for tuning in to the Ladies Promoting Transparent Advocacy Podcast. I am your podcast host, Shay Pate. Today is Wonderful Women Wednesday. And since we are celebrating Black History Month, I want to talk about a young lady who I had never heard of. And once I saw a documentary where she was featured, she became my shero. She literally became the person that if I ever had a mentor, she would be my mentor. And her story is just so profound that I just had to. And I had already said in my previous um, podcast episode where she was featured, I had already said that she was so phenomenal. She needed her own episode. So I want to use Uh, Some of the audio that I played in a previous episode where I found out who she was and some audio in a series, a television series she was just in last week, which I kept asking my friends to watch so they could really see why I'm just so proud and excited. And she is my shero, you know, and before I say who she is, I want to tell you how phenomenal this woman is. I um, had posted the previous episode where she was featured on Twitter and she showed me love and it almost made me cry because I'm a nobody podcaster just trying to make a difference in the village. And she 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 showed love and she even shared my um, tweet. And so I'm just going to say to her out loud, bravo, you're my shero. If I ever come to Colorado, I'm coming to find your uh, your business and support it. So with that being said, on this wonderful Women Wednesday, and ironically, her name starts with a W-2, uh, her name is Wanda James. So we're going to call this Wonderful Women Wanda Wednesday. And Wanda James, um, I bow down to you in a positive way. You are the example of just a, a wonderful. Uh, you 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 really are inspiring, not just to myself, but to a lot of women, to a lot of African Americans. And your story is just so amazing. And I just I just had to put you in the Black History Month because you are Black History. And once people hear this episode and everything that you are, they will understand why I had to add you. You are the second person in Black History Month that I am celebrating and honoring. And on Monday, we celebrated uh, Harriet Tubman and the $20 bill. So with that being said, what I want to do first is for those who may not have heard the episode that I featured Wanda James, I'm going to actually add it to this episode so you can hear it. She was featured on a BET special called Smoke, which was narrated by Nas. And so I did a three-part episode on this, and she was just part of the Wonderful Women Wednesday. But as I mentioned in that episode, she needs her own episode. So I want to honor Wanda James in uh, Black History Month because she is definitely Black history. So first, I'm going to play the episode that I had played in my previous podcast episode. And then I'm going to play some things that 
uh, was aired on the show, The Prophet. She was on there last week, so I told my friends they had to watch it. And I just want you guys to know this amazing woman and support her and her business. And as I said, she showed me love twice. She is my shero. I don't know her, but if I ever get to Colorado, I'm going to make it my business to meet her and just let her know how inspirational she is, not just to myself, but to a lot of women, to a lot of African-Americans, and to my listeners. So Wanda James, thank you for being a part of Black History. I want you guys to check out this amazing woman named Wanda James. Her and her husband literally were the first African-Americans in the country to get a license for a dispensary in Colorado. She talks about the illegal raid on her store. That's actually the first thing she talks about in this documentary. Um, but thank God she has some powerful friends governors, senators, and she used to work for President Obama, Barack Obama. So that's pretty powerful. And the twist in her story is that her younger brother was caught with cannabis and was convicted to a 10-year sentence. I think she said it was worth $160. And now, you know, she has a, her and her husband has a dispensary. And now her brother who Got let out after six years is working for her. Isn't that irony? She uh, is grateful that he is in the industry and he seems to be doing very well. So I want you to hear Wanda James' story. And I also, even though this is Wonderful Women Wednesday and we are focusing on the amazing women, I want you to hear Miss James' brother's story because I think it will give you a different um thought process of how people who have been convicted of small crimes re regarding cannabis think differently when they're in the industry on the business side. Check out her story. Maximum smoke. February of 2010, we were raided. Both of us are vets, uh, former Navy, former Marine. Our background was perfect to be able to stand up and say, no more, we're not going to jail anymore for simple possession. Fortunately or unfortunately, that's how you have to do business in America when you're black. Smoke, marijuana and black America. My name is Wanda James and this is my husband, Scott Dura, and we are the owners of Simply Pure Colorado and we are the first African-Americans legally licensed in America to sell cannabis. So the main reason that Scott and I are involved in cannabis is in 2008, I came off of Barack Obama's National Finance Committee, and I was also the campaign manager for Congressman Jared Polis, who is now Governor Jared Polis here in Colorado. Colorado was going to be the very first state to legalize. And from that, we wanted to be able to put a black face on the cannabis industry because what we knew was that prior to 2008, 800,000 people a year were arrested for simple possession. And of that 800,000, 85% were black and brown uh, people between the ages of 17 and 24, mostly boys. For us, that had impacted our life because my brother was one of those 800,000 people that was arrested for cannabis possession. His sentence was 10 years. An 18-year-old kid, a black kid, was given a 10-year sentence for $160 worth of 
of street cannabis. Of that 10 years, four years were spent in a maximum security prison picking cotton. A hundred pounds of cotton every day for four years is what my black brother had to do in Texas. That to me is slave labor. And when I found out that a member of my family was a slave for 10 years, we had to make a difference. And so Scott and I at that time decided that it was time for us to put a face on this, to talk about this politically, economically, and most importantly, from a social justice standpoint. The absurdity that I think people really need to understand what's happening here is America needs slave labor. Since the dawn of America, since it began, we have had a slave labor class. You know, we also knew that, you know, being entrepreneurs in other industries, restaurants, et cetera, that, you know, this is going to be a huge industry. And what we wanted to make sure is not only were we capturing the social equity portion, but that also created opportunities in a billion dollar industry. The challenges in opening up a dispensary back in 2008 were, were many. What was at the forefront for us was the idea that we could have lost our freedom behind this. And being the first and only black people involved at the time, Colorado, Denver specifically, had arrested 34% of black people for simple possession. Uh, NAACP came out in favor of legalization because of that number. In Colorado, we make up less than 3% of the population. <laughs> in cannabis, it was me and Scott, period, <laughs> as far as people of color. So in February of 2010, we were raided. Ironically, we were doing an interview with the Westward, and my phone kept ringing. And I ignored it, and after it rang about 20 times, I finally picked up the phone. And it was the Adams County Sheriff's Department that said, we need to tell you what we just did. We just raided your facility. Scott was a well-known chef. Um, we've been in the press many times. So we knew that America wasn't going to be able to turn around and say, ah, look at the criminals doing this. Also, both of us are vets, uh, former Navy, former Marine. Our background was perfect to be able to stand up and say, no more. We're not going to jail anymore for simple possession. A prominent Denver couple active in the restaurant and political communities is at the center of what could be a precedent-setting medical marijuana case. They are under investigation after police found this hundreds of marijuana plants growing in a suburban business park. They came in with four SUVs, four cops deep, guns blazing, broke down the window, broke down the door, came charging in in Kevlar suits. Um, and the cop told us on the phone the reason why they raided us was because there was suspicious gang activity at the area. The gang activity at the time was my 45-year-old husband and my 40-year-old brother, and they were black in Colorado, so therefore that constituted gang activity. In looking at that, it was terrifying because if it wasn't for our political contacts, at the time I had three um, U.S. senators on speed dial, two of them in Colorado, the newly elected congressman whose race that we just ran with him. Um, we had to call all of these contacts to be able to protect ourselves and to protect our freedom and to protect our business. Welcome being black in America. I mean, I grew up in Boston, you know, I mean, we were shocked, but at some point as well, we knew we had nothing to worry about because we didn't do anything wrong. We had the books in place, we had a number of plans. And the cops were just hoping, were just hoping that we didn't have um, our ducks in a row. What they found out, not only did we have our ducks in a row, we had our geese in the row, we had our mules in the row, we had all of the things in a row. Um, and fortunately or unfortunately, that's how you have to do business in America when you're black. I want you to hear the expertise from Wanda James' brother. This is the guy that was sentenced to 10 years 
who is now working for his sister. My name is Derek Barnes. Um, everyone knows me by Rick. I am Wanda James' younger brother. At 17, uh, me and some of my friends were hanging out, smoking, uh, kicking it, and I was busted for four ounces of marijuana. Um, I ended up doing six years on a 10-year sentence for possession of marijuana. Uh, right now, I am the assistant uh, manager of the Med Grow. What that entails is that I oversee the plants, making sure all the plants are healthy. Working in the grow, man, is a beautiful thing. Um, I've never known it until I got the opportunity to work in it. It's a peaceful, it's a zen. For me, it's cool to watch the plants grow and produce what they produce for us. My job for the last decade has been to normalize cannabis, and I do that a lot. I mean, I, I talk about it openly. I openly talk about um, our use and consumption of cannabis. Um, I openly wear uh, cannabis on my heart and on my neck. Look, I'm a professional. I work with the governor. I work with presidents. I work with U.S. senators, um, and cannabis is my choice. I would rather have a joint than have a glass of wine, and that idea is being normalized more and more and more and more. As I mentioned at the beginning of this episode, you know, there's so many reasons why I admire Wanda James, but I like how she makes it clear that being in the cannabis industry is not about money. It's about social justice. And that's what we have to keep remembering. A lot of things that are, are happening right now is about equality and, and financial uh, social justice and financial gain for all people, not just the top 10% of wealthy people. And I want you to hear a small interview that Wanda did with uh, Marcus on C CNBC. And she kind of lays it out better than I can, of course. And this is why I had to honor her. We're entrepreneurs. We would hope that this would have been a good business enterprise. But for us personally, we're in the business because of social justice. For the last 50 years, we've been looking at about 800,000 people a year were arrested for simple possession. 85% of those people are black and brown, usually boys between the ages of 17 and 24. My brother was one of those. My brother was given a 10-year prison sentence. And out of that 10 years, he spent four years in a privatized prison picking cotton every day to purchase his freedom. For real? They sentenced an 18-year-old black kid for less than $160 worth of four ounces of cannabis. While I have always known that cannabis was illegal, I never knew that it was punitive. See what I mean? It's just that simple. And I was so glad that Marcus Limonis on uh, the Prophet C CNBC show um, was, I'm, I'm just glad they did this episode and featured her because it is very important that people understand what's going on in America and the injustice of financial equality and social justice. So check out, it's called, um, this is the same guy, uh, Marcus. He, he has a show called Street of Dreams. And check this out. It's called the first um, South Broadway, the Green Mile of Denver. And I want you guys to just listen to what he says. This is all still regarding cannabis. 
on Denver South Broadway that's literally putting the high into the mile by city and leading the way into a multi-billion dollar global cannabis industry. On this street, it is said that there are more legal cannabis shops in closer proximity than anywhere else in the world. Typical day of revenue here? 10, 15,000. For real? Mm -hmm. Since cannabis sales were legalized in Colorado six years ago, dispensaries have sold almost $8 billion of product. I think maybe I'm in the wrong business. <laughs> With so much money to be made, is this the future for main streets across America? We have 2.5 dispensaries to every Starbucks in the state of Colorado. <laughs> to find out, I'm going to Denver, the home of the original green experiment, to pull back the curtain, hone the secrets of the cannabis industry. From the most cutting edge, multi-million dollar gross. This is like a George Jefferson moment. Wheezy, I'm about to fall down. To the explosive CBD market. To be a mainstream brand, that was the number one goal. Gatorade, get defined. defined. <laughs> I'll meet the celebrated entrepreneurs and risk takers going all in on green gold. Welcome to Denver's Green Mile. Look closely. Every street in this country is powered by a dream. I'm Marcus Limonis. I'm a CEO. I'm self-made. And I'm a champion of entrepreneurs. I'm going to meet the hardworking women and men whose passion, drive, and determination fuels the business of America's most iconic streets. This is Streets and Dreams. Here to see Wanda. Wanda, yeah. Hey, double check your ID, please. Okay. There's that back. You are all so checked in. in. Yeah, come on back, Wanda. I'll see you. Wanda James has been named one of the hundred most influential people in the cannabis industry. She and her husband founded Simply Pure back in 2010 the first African-American-owned dispensary in the state. And her work has won her numerous awards and accolades. I wanted to find out from this titan of the business what it takes to run a successful dispensary. This place is... Fabulous. It's fabulous, yeah. <laughs> it is. It's our happy spot. I didn't want to play the whole episode. You can go and see it on Streets of Dreams. I just thought it was important to show the introduction of Wanda. But I found some video on YouTube that I think is very vital because I like people to hear what the person I'm celebrating in their own words are saying. And I want you to check out Wanda's comment in this uh, audio. We are ridiculously overregulated, and I think that that's something that people don't really understand what we go through in the cannabis business. I have a 1,700 square foot dispensary, and there are 39 cameras in there. And you would think 39 cameras, okay, so that's overkill. So it has to be on every indoor, outdoor, every hallway, every everything. So it's all covered. Oh, and those cameras all have to feed into the Department of Revenue, so the Department of Revenue can watch us anytime they want to. Whoa. And that eats up all of our bandwidth. So we can't just have like normal, like you know, Comcast. We had to put in. A T5 <laughs> to be able to run cameras and computers and all that kind of good stuff. So you're a small business owner, you're taxed to death, overregulation kills you, and now I've got to pay for ridiculous upgrades. And then every time I move cannabis from my grow facility to my dispensary, we've got to type it in the computer and I've got to type in the direction in which my person is going to drive it from the grow to the dispensary 
and they're not allowed to be off of that route and we have their license wow. plate number and their name make and, a model of their car and they make a model of their car and what they're listening to on the radio <laughs> i mean it's really what would normally take maybe five people to run an entire dispensary i need 20 because wow. of all of the ins and outs and people to put this in because remember for all these movies oh and then when it gets to my dispensary when it comes into the back and it's checked in there we put it in there and then when we take it out and we put it on the floor we've got to go back into the computer system and type it back in there that it is now leaving the safe and going onto the floor and then if you buy that well then we got to type it back in there again that you bought it and it's gone out of the dispensary i mean it's ridiculous put a gps in each leaf and each, that's a good idea to be sure <laughs> GMOE. GMOE. <laughs> GMO. Has that changed at all from the beginning to now? Has it gotten a little more sensible or the, the beginning was great. So 2009, we opened a dispensary and Jake would show up with bags of weed and we'd chest it out right there in the dispensary and we would decide to buy it or not. It was great. Wow. Just like, this looks good. Yeah, it was great. It was great. And now it's like they, they're just constantly moving the goalposts on yeah. owners like Wanda, too, where it's one week your packaging needs to be this, but then legislature changed their mind, and it, it seems off. like a small thing. Oh, just put this label on, but that's hundreds of thousands of dollars for a small business owner over the course of a year, and, and yep. compound that by 600 active dispensaries. <laughs> and then after we went through that and spent hundreds of thousands of dollars for new packaging, we thought that, that would be great. Well, then they came back with, they wanted everything in the packaging to have THC on it. So all of your little candies have THC now on the back individually. Right. I mean, there's there's so much money coming in and people think that we're just loaded up. Yes, there's a lot of money coming in, but we keep just a teeny little itty bitty bit of it. We do get free weed. I work for weed. <laughs> Is there anything happening to remove the barrier of that the cost prohibition for small businesses people of color people who don't have a foot in the industry people who've been selling weed on their own for the last 40 years and now want to do it legit i am the people of color in colorado that's you welcome we got them all here no, i'm not cheering that she's the only one i'm just cheering that one like, like everybody has turned and that's there is a people yeah. of color happy there is, one. there is one well, i mean i think colorado has a lot of work to do to be able to bring new people in and small businesses in and let more people participate we have a lot of work to do and part of that is the overregulation. if it didn't cost so much to run a 1700 square foot dispensary a lot more people would be able to be a part of that if we had banking that would be great because on top of that we need all those millions of dollars to open and we can't get it from a bank so unless you happen to know jake who has millions which we loan all of our money from then you, you just have no other way <laughs> that's not true either but i mean unless <laughs> i mean there's no way of getting it unless you happen to have you know wealthy parents so it's um it's 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 an interesting thing it's an interesting place that we're in right now it's now officially the law of the state of Colorado. As I mentioned before, Wanda James is current Black History. So I had to feature her in Black History Month. And before I finish this episode, I just want to read something. I'm always doing research, even while I'm recording. And I found a website called CannabisConference.com, and it talks about Wanda. <clears throat> and I love what it's saying. It's saying that she's a leading advocate in the can cannabis industry, 
and she is also the founder and president of the Cannabis Global Initiative, which is a marketing and consulting firm that specializes in diversity development, regulatory framework, and marketing. And she was also appointed to the Los Angeles Small and Local Business Commission and sat on the board of directors for the Starlight Children's Foundation and the board of director of the Greater Los Angeles African American Chamber of Commerce. I mean, there's just so many amazing things I can go on and on and talk about this this wonderful woman. But guys, do some research because when you have people like Wanda James who has had an amazing career, whether it was in the military, working with President Obama and all those amazing accolades in the political world. She's about advocating for diversity and social justice. And that, to me, is such a current Black History moment. I had to include her in Black History Month. So Wanda James, once again, as I tell you on Twitter, hashtag my shero, you are my shero. And I hope that these conferences that you're doing and all these new ventures that you're opening up, we can get the word out and spread spread the love where we can support you and help build you up and help you build the village that we need to get back to, especially in the African-American community. Because in 2021, for some reason, they're trying to take us back to 1960 and we just can't do it. So we need people like Wanda James to keep leading that path and we we uplift her and we support her and we just show love. So I just wanted to, as I said, she's a W2. So she's a wonderful women Wanda Wednesday. And I just wanted to salute her and celebrate her and share her with the world because, you know, I know I have people listening from my um, statistics in different countries. So I want those outside of America to know Wanda James, those in America, and definitely those in Colorado support this lady and her uh, dispensary and all the other things she's doing to help the state of Colorado get revenue as well. So I ask that you follow us on Twitter at Advocacy Ladies. And if you have any questions, comments, or topics you want us to research, give us a call at 404-855-7723. You can always send us an email at podcasthostshaypate19 at gmail.com. Those are all small letters. And I ask that you follow us on all the podcast channels, whichever one you, you use. If you have an iPhone, you can find us on Apple iTunes. Android, you can find us on Google Play. We're also on Pandora, Spotify, Alexa, TuneIn. And I ask that you follow us in my podcast hosting uh, app, Podbean. You can follow us on all the apps. You can put a notification where you can get notification once the episodes are published so you can get it right away. We do episodes on Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday. I mean, excuse me, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And as you all know, I'm I'm a newbie. I'm I'm, I'm mad at myself because instead of being in the legal industry all my life and going to school for that and management and science, I really regret not being a journalist. So hopefully I will 
keep growing as a podcast hoster. And my goal is to bridge the information for those who may not know. Or, you know, a lot of people don't watch the news because it's been depressing the last couple of years. And newspapers are pretty much dinosaur. And I know that social media is the thing. I'm not a big social media person, but I'm about to be, obviously. So I just ask, you know, click the link, listen to the episode, support the cause, and definitely support Wanda James. So I'm going to end this episode as I do with all of them with my favorite question. What do you have to say? Thank you for listening.